1: on Wealth and Health Wednesday, um, is the fact that cash is king. And uh, I'm gonna jump into that. And cash, it's the year 2021, of course, and cash is still king. But before I jump into that, if it's okay, I wanna do a room reset really quick. You are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And we're here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration. 15 hours a day from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. We're here again from 6 a.m. to noon on Saturday. I'm fortunate enough to uh, be on the Saturday morning sales meeting with Brian Benstock and Glenn Lundy. And then on Sunday, we've got Club 111 uh, live on Clubhouse. And, and don't worry if you miss a segment or you want to re-listen to a favorite episode, it's so easy. You can download the Breakfast with Champions podcast to listen anytime, anywhere, on any device. Head on over to breakfastwithchampions.live to grab the link to subscribe to the podcast as well as to see everything else that is going on at this wonderful breakfast table. And with that, let's just jump right in. So listen, the expression cash is king has been around for quite a while. And I actually thought that somehow that that expression had been around for, you know, maybe more than a hundred years or something. I thought I'm going to go back and look at the origin of that expression. Cash is king. And it turns out I didn't have to go back that far. It was basically close to 35 years ago. And it was actually somebody who was an executive associated with, of all things Volvo who came up with that expression. Uh, and he came up with it during the global stock market crash. And obviously, when the market crashed at that time, and any time a stock market crashed, everybody goes scurrying to see what they've got you know, in reserves for cash. And why is that? Because when all else fails in the financial markets, you could still do what you want, when you want, how you want if you've got cash available to you. So, it is still true today, like it was true during the global stock market crash. We saw it most recently during the pandemic. And, and you know it was not uh, long into that time that the market fell down to around 18,000 and change. And now, of course, it's back up to nearly double that at 35,000. But equities come and go in terms that they go up, they go down. But cash is a constant and yes it's true people will say hey the value of a cash value of a dollar um, in the grand scheme of life has been adjusted and it has 100 percent um you know and in the true sense of the word some may argue that credit cards hey i can get what i want david with credit cards i can use online payments i could use cryptocurrency i could use other forms of digital currency that are everywhere seemingly everywhere And a lot of people say, well, some of those things are poised to derail cash from its throne of being king. But that actually misses the point to a certain degree. You see in the expression cash is king, cash simply refers to liquidity and that's it. So if you think about it from that context, credit cards are not liquidity. They're simply a form of debt. And yes, they allow us to go out and buy things on the spot, when we don't happen to have cash in our pocket. Of course, you've heard it said many times by many financial experts, especially those that tend to be on the highly conservative side. Uh, But I happen to subscribe to this. They say, hey, if, if you can't afford it with cash, don't buy it. If you can't pay off the credit card that month, don't buy it. There's a few exceptions to that rule. You know, Hannah was on a little bit earlier today and I love Hannah. Hannah's awesome and I appreciate her being, as always, so transparent, so vulnerable, to, to, uh, I know it was not her normal subject, but hey, that was real talk, real life, real world, with a real mama and a real kid. And it happens every day, everywhere, and I think that's why it resonated with people. But, you know, if you're young, uh, as Hannah, it clearly is and you're maybe you're 18 you're 20 you're 25 you're 28 and you're trying to establish credit so that you're moving towards something I want to build my credit up and the more I build my credit up the more it's going to avail me to a cre- a bigger credit line uh, or more it's going to allow me to have the type of credit report and the type of score that I might need in order to go at some point and hopefully buy a hard asset like a house. So in that case, yeah, but like everything else in life, credit cards can be a tool or it could be a weapon. And as long as you use it as a tool and it's at your disposal and you're controlling it, it's not controlling you, um, it's all good, right? But at the end of the day, they're not liquidity. Now, online payments, they're simply a way to use your available cash, but they are not in itself a currency at all. And of course, cryptocurrency is in fact a currency. And man, what a crazy currency that is! You know, if you jumped into cryptocurrency, man, back in two thousand seven, you put a thousand dollars, you know, into cryptocurrency back then. Man, you uh, you would be doing a lot of conversations with people about wealth Wednesdays and wealth Thursdays and wealth Saturdays and wealth Sundays. And Sundays. Right. I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, cryptocurrency has not once, not twice, but several times has gone up over fifty thousand dollars. So it's gone up more than five thousand times. And so I just want to put that into perspective. If you put just a thousand dollars into cryptocurrency, don't want to make any of us feel bad or get us depressed, but uh, just a reality. If any of us would have bet on cryptocurrency back then with a thousand dollars, you know, we'd be sitting here with five million dollars today. Now, that is if we had the discipline to walk away when it had 50,000. And as we've seen with cryptocurrency, whether it's Ethereum or whether it's Bitcoin or anything else, and I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cryptocurrencies, and we're likely to see many more. But I believe at the end of all of it, when the smoke clears, there's gonna be a handful of them that survive. Obviously, it seems like Bitcoin will. One of the things, if you're not aware of Bitcoin and some of the differences, a lot of cryptocurrencies, you may not be aware that there's an infinite pool. In other words, there's, there's no limit on how much can be mined. And so that would tell you um at baseline that the value of that particular cryptocurrency is probably going to be more likely to surge and fall and surge and fall and have wild swings much more than a bitcoin and bitcoin has had its fair amount of wild swings i bought it man i was fairly clueless on crypto until uh two years ago this november and you know i got involved and uh, uh, was a seed investor uh for a, a blockchain uh technology company in the entertainment space and so i wanted to learn a bit more about blockchain technology and blockchain technology is in the foundation of cryptocurrency and i thought well i'm gonna just go look up a couple cryptocurrencies. bitcoin's the one of course i recognize seemed like the safest and i thought i'm going to take that thousand dollars that would have been cool to spend in 2007 i'm going to take that same thousand dollars and i'm going to buy a bitcoin well i couldn't at that time bitcoin was around 3400 bucks in november of 2019 and so i bought a fraction of a bitcoin which you can do well i forgot about it completely forgot about it and um about a little over a year later, I have to pull out my my app. It's called Coinbase, where I had bought the cryptocurrency for a thousand, and I opened it up, and now it's worth almost twelve thousand dollars. And I just, about, <laughs> I just about fell over. I absolutely couldn't believe it. And me being a little bit conservative, not crazy conservative, I'm not risk averse. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. That's, I'm not risk averse, that's why I do bet on entrepreneurs and I do make seed investments and other uh, capital investments in entrepreneurs because I'm willing to take on risk. But with that being said, I just watched this thing go from about nothing up to 20,000. I thought saw it go back down to 3,500 when I bought it. and um, And I thought, okay, this thing's probably not. So it had gone up guys at that time, to over $45,000, I think it was 43, 45,000. And I thought, okay, this is nuts. It had never been that high. So um, I'm gonna sell it. So I sold it, I sold it literally right then. I sold it. And sure enough, a week later, it was down to about 33, 34,000. I thought, man, I'm so smart, I'm so smart. And then it went up to $61,000. So my point is it's everywhere. It's up, it's down, you can't count on it, you can't bet on it. So it's just got these crazy wild swings in its value. So yes, it's liquidity as long as it's doing okay. Uh, And as long as wherever it is, is more than what you actually paid for. If you bought it at 40,000, it drops to 20, not so great. So at that point, there still remains one king and that's cash, right? So why is it as important or more important in 2021 than it's ever been to have cash on hand, to have that liquidity? And again, I'm gonna throw an asterisk on this for a second. Overall, just so you know, I am of the belief that when you're fortunate enough to get some cash reserves, You know, that there's a methodology. We talk, uh, and since it's Wealth Wednesday, let's throw this in. Um, You've heard this before, I'm sure. But goal number one is have enough money in reserve so that you could have six months, pay six months of bills if you lost your income. And we we saw 20 million people lose their jobs uh, during the pandemic, right? And thankfully, many of them came back. Uh, but we still have people that are out there unemployed, millions of them. And of the millions that went back to work, what oftentimes doesn't get noted is they did go back to work. They did get another job. However, it was for less money. It wasn't as good of a job. It didn't have as good of benefits. So if you if you were making 50000 before and you get re- replaced with a $50,000 job, but the second one, doesn't have the benefits of the first one, you still went backwards, right? And so if you were to lose the income altogether for whatever reason, you should always have six months on hand. Now, hey, easier said than done uh, for a lot of people and for a lot of us at different points in our life. So bare, bare minimum, have three months. Three months at least gives you a chance to get punched in the face, take the punch, go through that disappointment, that aggravation, that frustration, and then pick yourself up off the dirt and go do something about it. That's what, at the end of the day, we all have to do. We have to go from reaction to response and hopefully a very positive, um, intense, uh, you know, purposeful uh, response to go out there and take advantage of what hopefully didn't seem like it in the moment, but hopefully turns out to be an opportunity. So listen, it's more important than ever. We've seen how fast things can change. We saw in the year 2020 businesses that had been going along for years, in some cases, decades, and been doing just fine, making money. Maybe some of them were not crushing it but they were making money, they were feeding families, they were allowing people to work and seemingly overnight they vanished, completely vanished. Many of them were restaurants, bars or retail boutiques and many, many of them were small businesses and small businesses make up the lion's share of the businesses in this country. Small businesses, not big corporations make up the lion's share of employment in this country, and yet many of them got hit so hard that they just could not recover. And when that happened to those small businesses, for the people involved, whether they were the employees, the managers, or the owners, that was their single source of income in almost every single case. So cash is king and will likely always be king. again referring to liquidity so let me start by just sharing with you some very important uses that we all have or may need for cash and since many 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 a huge percentage of the people that i've been so fortunate so blessed to meet uh, through this app seem to be in startups or they're just about to start a company want to start a company or they're in a company small company now and they are mid-sized and they're trying to grow that company out but they're entrepreneurs right or maybe again they're franchise holders or maybe they're managers or executives in a a startup and so you know let me let me just go over with you uh, if you'd be so kind why it's so important to have cash and before i do that by the way i should mention so many people have asked me about this you know Andrew they ask about sports. He gets those fun <laughs> those fun questions. And you know, not only do we not get tired of telling those stories, but Andrew, I'm willing to bet you that you're like uh, you know, I don't know, if it was Jay-Z or if it was uh Bruce Springsteen or anybody else that's been on tour for twenty years and, and playing that those same songs that they still get a thrill out of seeing crowds reaction to them playing those songs. And I'll bet you that you never grow tired of of some of those stories that still to this day make you smile and make you laugh, right?
2: No, I never do. I always enjoy sharing. I, people get a kick out of it. And I, always, I love taking people behind the curtain. It's fun. I
1: I love that you do that. I love that you do that. That's such a gift and it's such a blessing to us all. And it just, I'm sure every time you tell those stories, I'm willing to bet too, Andrew, that you've gotta have some moments. I mean, let me, let's be honest. You are an insanely accomplished, uh, successful human being, what you've accomplished academically, what you've done in school, uh, you know, what you did with getting through law school and practicing and being an agent and being an executive for an NFL team, the youngest executive, uh, in, in pro sports period, all those things that you've done, you still have to have those moments when you feel like Forrest Gump a little bit, right? Yeah, I do. I often say I'm 60 years into my childhood right now. <laughs> well, maturing is significantly <laughs> overrated, my friend. So you go ahead and you, you enjoy your middle age adolescence, uh because you're not nearly done yet something tells me you're you got a lot of greatness in you and a lot of more a lot more phenomenal stories so thanks again for sharing you know i i i get to speak oftentimes on um entrepreneurship and starting companies growing companies selling companies and business in general and um and i love it i love it i love sports but i also love business i love the art of be- i love how people out there can come up with an idea and whether they throw it down on the proverbial napkin or it's just in their brain and i love watching them manifest that into conversations and manifest that into concepts and in- something real and then into a business and then hiring people and then growing that business it's it's just amazing and there is nowhere in the world that it's better to be an entrepreneur than in the united states of america and listen i've had so many people ask me questions like they ask you about sports they ask me questions about entrepreneurship and businesses and things of that nature and so one of the things i get asked about the most is how do i raise capital how do i get cash i'd like to get my hands on some cash david whether it's personal or professional, how do I do that? What's the best way to do that? What are the pitfalls to avoid? And so I'm actually doing a class from 10 a.m. to noon today, Pacific time, 10 a.m. Pacific to noon, simply go to my Instagram. It's free, it's always free. Go to my Instagram, please follow me on Instagram because then your DM will fall into the primary inbox instead of the request. Inbox, But once you follow me, just simply type in the word coach or coaching and you'll immediate free access today's class and you'll get immediate you'll get access to every future class that I have going on uh, for for close to the next year and maybe beyond. Uh, see how long I can do this every every two weeks for a couple hours. I love it, and I love this community that we've built. So we're going to be talking today about how to raise capital. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter whether you're trying to raise fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, five million, or fifty million, um, doesn't matter. I'm going to take you through that. So, but here's some things that are very important uses and why we do need cash as much as ever today. If you do have an idea to start a business, try doing that without money. I mean, just going out and getting a sole proprietorship established, it still takes money. You still gotta go get a business license. You still may or may not need business cards. You may need to do some design work, some printing, some marketing uh you may need to file a fictitious name statement if the name of the business is not the same as your name that's typically regulations in most states uh you want to incorporate oh oh boy that's going to cost some money this is kind of like playing that game of life when we were kids you spin the wheel and man they hit you with real life and as a kid you just kind of chuckle it said a thousand dollars yeah whatever here you go buy yourself something nice uh, with that fake money but in today's world. You know, as we're all adulting in, in, as we're in our various stages of life, I'm going on 62, um, you know, money is, is a big deal. We need it. So if you wanna start a business, can I do it without money? Well, I should not let money stop me. Um, and I do need to remember that I can start a business with about a hundred bucks. Um, and I could probably have nothing else. I could probably borrow that hundred bucks from somebody if need be. If I have a thousand dollars, I'm going to be in much, much, much better shape than if I have no money or a hundred bucks. But even a thousand dollars is a very tough way to go, uh, because it means that you have to do things the hard way, uh, AKA organically. And I'll talk about that more in a minute. So if I want to start a business, I need money. Now, once I've started that business, I've got a lot of people that I interact with every single week, and um, and I love hearing their stories, um, good, bad, and ugly. I love hearing the stories. I love doing whatever I can do to help them get from where they are to where they want to be. Oftentimes, that situation means they're trying to grow their business. Oh, David, I, okay, I started it. It's real. I've got the, the business sign. i got the website. By the way, the website costs money. Uh, You want to promote on social media? Costs money. Uh, You want to hire a social media person, take coaching classes? Yep, costs money. So now they want to grow their business. And to grow your business, one of the first things you need to do is grow you. So that means in some form or fashion, you need to educate yourself. Now, here's the good news. We live in an age where one of the finest universities, no offense to any of our Uh, what Scott Galloway, the great professor out of NYU. By the way, if you're not following Scott Galloway out of NYU, you should. The guy is nothing short of brilliant, especially if you're into marketing. But uh, he calls the Couture universities, the Harvards and Browns and Yales of the world. No offense to those fine universities, institutions, or the Stanfords, Dukes, Northwesterns, or any other great school out there. Uh, whether it's virtual or physical, but one of the greatest universities out there right now is the University of YouTube, or the or its uh, or the University that's adjunct school, the University of Google. I mean, literally anything you want to know, anything you want to find out, anything you want to learn, anything you want to become an expert in over the course of the next year, two years, or five years, you can find out. The information on google you can also go to youtube and literally listen to people or watch people do things i literally take some kind of class on youtube every single week uh and and it I, it could be on all kinds of subjects but i am just crazy Andrew. this is the way i'm a kid i've got the sense of wonder of a kid i still look up at the sky and you know if you see that that shooting star you see some incredible sight up there um i i love it i love it i still look at it like a kid i can still lay on the grass and look up uh at a meteor shower for lucky enough to have one i just i'm like a kid and i also have the curiosity of a kid so i'm on youtube but if you that's want to great. grow a business what was that Andrew? i just said that's great i mean we all need that sense of awe the perfect way to say it thank you I mean, the day that we lose our sense of awe for this incredible world that we live in and how things just kind of work around us and the things people create, um, man, that's a sad day because this world is incredible. And if we're fortunate enough, regardless of circumstances, I have been through insanely hard, hard circumstances. I was still considering myself blessed at that time no matter what, but if we're fortunate enough to be able to wake up today and have the opportunity to affect people positively, to leave somebody better than you found them, you have a blessed life. And if you're fortunate enough to look up at the sky right now and to see blue skies, and for those of you, by the way, that are in the Southeast or the Mid-Atlantic Northeast that went through that horrible storm, uh, man, my prayers and my heart goes out to you because right now there are so many people that are just want the simplest of things water electricity and so your heart has got to go out to them but you know if we're fortunate enough to be on this earth then we have the opportunity to get better and to learn something from it so educate yourself now if you want to take classes online if you want to get an online MBA, an online four-year degree, undergraduate degree, where you simply wanna get a certification course or take a coaching class from somebody, yup, they all take money. And you want to do that, it's the best money you could spend. In our household, we feel the best money we could spend is on our kids' education. So anything that we could possibly do to contribute to their brains growing and being in a position to be educated and to do well in the academic system, yeah, we're gonna do that for sure. And you know, the chances of them being phenomenal athletes, I don't know, highly unlikely, if you look at the odds and that's okay. I honestly would rather them bring home academic awards for just being good citizens and doing well at school. I'd be happy with that, my wife would as well. And if they're great athletes as well, icing on the cake what i love most about sports as as just an aside is the fact that it does teach us discipline it teaches us cooperation it teaches us to lean on each other trust each other it teaches us esprit de corps and all of those things and i think it's phenomenal Um, but growing a business you got to educate yourself knowledge is power but it becomes powerful when you actually activate that knowledge now What are other things that you could do with that money? Well, you gotta advertise, you gotta market to acquire clients. Um, And if you have the money to spend on acquisitions, client acquisitions, the, the pure and simple truth is you're gonna grow faster. That doesn't mean you will not grow without that marketing spend or ad spend, that ad budget. But what that does mean is it could be a little painful Most entrepreneurs want to grow faster than they actually do. And if you don't have money, there's no entrepreneur in the world that does not realize that they have a cash deficiency. None, none. They know it because they feel it. And they can't spend money on advertising like their competitors do. And if you can't, your competition could run right over you and right by you and make you irrelevant. So by the way, your job as an entrepreneur or or as a manager or as a sales associate, if you're in any kind of business, one of your jobs, job number one is to surprise and delight your customers and make it as easy, fast and simple for them to hand you money, to give you money. But one of the other primary things you should be focusing on is rendering your competition obsolete. And so if other competitors have that mindset and the money for marketing, they potentially can do that to you. We don't want that. So I didn't say you can't grow, but you can't grow as fast. So growing organically, I mentioned organic previously, growing organically simply means I got to grow with the cash I have on hand. And as I grow my cash reserves and my working capital, that's going to dictate the speed of which my company grows. But if I get an influx of capital, and I'm gonna talk about that again, if you DM me the word coach or coaching on Instagram, go to my bio and DM that word, I'm gonna teach you how to do that, whether it's crowdfunding or whether it's angel investing, whether it's friends and family, whether it's venture capital, we're gonna cover all those things. So growing a business is important. You need money. Advertising and marketing to acquire clients, I need money. What if I have oftentimes you see that a company is doing well they're being received well by the marketplace and people want more 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 maybe it's more coaching maybe it's more maybe they're a service business but they got to hire people if i don't hire more people maybe it's more analysts or more coaching i can't grow my business or maybe they need more inventory if they're a product-based business and I want all these people that want to place orders and I don't have enough inventory. And, you know, a lot of times it's not that people don't have the customers or the interest. They don't have cash. And it's the cash that kills the business. The lack of cash kills the business. Some of the greatest companies that, that uh, were created in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, they're not here anymore. They had fantastic growth. They had customers who loved them and they're not here. Why? They ran out of cash. I'll give you a really quick example. You know, what if it takes you, and we've never seen supply chain issues, guys, the way we do now. So if something took you a month to order, whatever your widget is you sell, takes a month. That means you have to have a 30-day supply of product on hand to satisfy customer demand. If demand goes up 25%, I need to up my orders by 25%. That'll come in in 30 days, and then I keep doing that every 30 days. I got no problems. But then, what if my supply? So I I need to have one month of inventory on hand. What if it takes four months, five months, six months? I had a guy in my house yesterday. He's doing some work in my house. He said, "How long is it going to take to get the party?" He said, "Ah, they're quoting me, you know, roughly 30 weeks." I said, "What? 30 weeks?" People, if you've gone into new apartments, condos, houses lately, and you try to buy furniture, yeah, it's going to take 12 weeks, 18 weeks. What? Yeah, we don't have that product. If it was here today, they could sell it and deliver it to you, but they don't have it. So if you think about it, if your product takes six months to arrive, you have to have six months of inventory on hand. Wow, that's a lot of frozen cash. And so I need to have that money. And you typically have to raise money at some point to do that, or you're going to severely restrict, uh, inhibit your growth. Another one is strategic acquisitions. Whether you're a mid-sized company, a big company, or a small company, there may be opportunities to buy out a competitor. And that would be awesome. If you're a real estate broker, if you're an insurance agent, if you're that widget company, you could buy them out. And now you've got bigger markets here, phenomenal. And then the person that owns the company is 75 years old and wants to get out of the business, awesome. But I don't have the cash to do it. Man, ouch, that hurts. Now, what if one of my competitors has the cash flow and they buy that competitor, that strategic acquisition That might be no bueno for David, right? So there's another reason we need to have cash. Another one that we oftentimes don't think of is professional, we should, professional assistance. If you're a business out there, the moment you could start using a professional, CPA, attorneys, uh, HR firms, you want to be doing that because they will protect you. They will protect your life's work. And think about this. If you're in a business today that you started that business, this is your life's work. That outcome is going to be the manifestation of your life's work. So wouldn't it make sense to protect it? We protect our homes, we protect our apartments when we're renting them, we protect our cars when we're driving them. You need to protect your legacy, your life's work. And you do that by having CPAs and you have attorneys, you have HR people and other professionals IT is another one, professional IT person. So when you have that, it's a massive, massive help. Going out there and raising capital can put you in a position to have those incredibly important people around you. I've oftentimes spoken, everybody, about having a council of wisdom around you. Well, one of the best is those professionals. That IT person is going to keep your data safe. It's going to keep you from having maybe a compromised. Uh, data situation right having a disgruntled employee run away with your customer list for example or other uh, horrible things that could happen same thing for cpas keeping you out of trouble or attorneys protecting your interest protecting your ip so many times i see people that come up with something where somebody that you n- never heard of came up with the with the ideas the big ideas but they didn't have the money to protect that idea. And by the way, I showed in a previous class, how you can do things to protect your ideas for very, 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 very small amounts of money and in some cases for free. So if you go to, um, if if you just DM me on Instagram and you're interested in that, let me know, just write me a quick one sentence note and I'll give you a link to that previous class will teach you that all right so strategic acquisitions professional assistance we talked about scaling your business having hiring more people uh getting a bigger office space being able to have more manufacturing room being able to have more throughput if you're the type of company that creates something all of that is a form if you're a software company right you may need to scale that software you may need to do uh advanced programming beyond what you did to get the first version out you might need to scale or evolve your product to make sure it continues to be relevant and differentiated out there on the market so it's it's huge all these things are huge hiring employees that takes money right and then i haven't spoke about the personal side for every one of us personal side paying down debt it's a beautiful thing now let me be clear It's probably not, you know, when you get to the point and I'm excited to help everybody and anybody I can get to this point where they've got enough money, where they've got the potential to pay off 100% of their debt and live debt free. If that is your goal in life, let's get you there, right? Let's get you there. So sign up for these coaching classes by typing coach or coaching in my DMs on, on, on my DM on IG but let's get you there. But when you get there, you have a choice. You can make yourself, put yourself in a position where you got no debt, none, zero. That's what I would call liberation day. My wife and I called it liberation day, right? But many, many, many smart people out there when it comes to entrepreneurs, uh, startups, money in general, will tell you that you should apply leverage. You should use leverage and leverage means debt. So just another word for debt. So, you know, you see it all the time in real estate when Grant Cardone comes on here, you you know, you're not buying $3.2 billion of real estate with $3.2 billion in cash. Nope, did that with 600 million. You think about it. So you got five times, you got to buy an asset worth five times what the cash on hand was and, and you're getting the appreciation on something that's worth five times that's pretty cool so imagine we go back to that cryptocurrency and say it's worth 50 grand and you could buy it for 10 grand people would be doing that all day long can't do it with cryptocurrency you could do it with a hard asset uh, like that like a uh, like real estate so that's pretty cool okay but you also can take advantage of big opportunities you know it's interesting if you study uh the economy and the ebbs and flows of the economy if you go back and you look at the most recent string of recessions that we've had out there those that had cash on hand grew their wealth by an average of 60 percent so if they had a million they woke up a few years later with 1.6 million or more. For those of us that didn't have cash during one or more of those recessions, it didn't mean a, a thing to us. But the reality is there's more people that get to be go from being rich to wealthy or ultra wealthy during down times than great times. Why? Well, because there's opportunities, right? Prices are depressed. People need to get out of businesses There's opportunities that just don't exist. Try going out and buying a car right now, any of you. Go out and buy a car. By the way, if you're looking to buy a car, please feel free, you could hit me up for that too. I've spent only 40 years in that business as of this November. So I've got thousands of auto clients that have used my software and I'd be more than happy on your behalf to do what I can to connect you to somebody uh who owns the store like a scott simons eliza borsche's brian benstock great people out there depending on the brand you're looking for to help make it less painless because right now dealers don't have cars and it's a supply demand thing so if i have to have a car right now not the greatest of time this is not the best time to absolutely positively need that brand new truck or that car but if you have to have it you got to have it right so Here's the thing. You want to be able to take advantage of opportunities when things are good, things tend to be more in demand and it's tougher to be able to move from where you are uh, without cash uh, versus during a recession when you're able to buy the same house for far less money, for example. Um, Great time to get into office space, by the way, if you happen to need office space. Um, here's the thing. Give you a good example. 2021 wages are up 3.7%. It's one of the greatest increases that we've seen in modern times. Three 3.7% wages are up over a short period of time and six month period of time. It's a lot. Okay. That's the good news. Bad news. Inflation during that same period of time is up 5.4%. So even though the wages of the average person went up by nearly four percent, they actually received a 1.7 percent pay cut because everything cost more, and that's my point. So if they don't have cash, it's actually it adds to the uh, to the downside of, of not having money right now. Buying equities, you know, when those equity markets drop or a company drops, you know, you saw for example a couple companies uh, last year. Um, I was looking at. It. I wanted to say PayPal might have been one of them, but I uh, I think that you know it went up over a hundred percent in less than one year. Some of the stocks went up four times, five times, six times, or more. Uh, Tesla. Somebody just said yesterday one analyst. This sounds nuts, but one analyst think, thinks that Tesla could break three thousand. And you sit there and you look at what Tesla. Is trading at right now, and you might go, Man, that's too late. I missed it already. But that may not necessarily uh, be true because, you know, if Tesla still has that type of upside, somebody who goes out and spends money on some Tesla stock, if you happen to have the money to buy that Tesla stock right now, is still going to see a very, very significant uh, increase if Tesla does what they believe uh, that it's capable of doing. And Tesla right now is at roughly 800. So you're talking about nearly quadrupling your money. Well, that'd be kind of fun to do, you know, so we need cash for that. Savings, we talked about that. Education for you or your kids, we talked about that. And yes, private investments. Private investments, I'm gonna make a disclaimer, private investments are far more risky. Um, after i sold my first company i learned something that i had no idea before and i'm really glad i didn't know before because it honestly if i'm really honest it might have changed my perspective or filtered me somehow as i started that first company with with uh, with my partner so here's what i learned after the fact after we sold that company i learned that out of every hundred companies that are venture capital backed think about this when you're vc backed That means either they think you've got something really special, or what's more likely is you're in a growth phase, growth capital. There's seed capital, oftentimes it's friends and family, there's called a Series A, Series B, Series C, okay? Well, Series B, Series C, those are typically can be growth rounds, growth capital rounds. And that's when a venture capital company will come in, because now they're there, they want to help accelerate you towards an explosive uh, exit right? Explosive growth. So they can make a ton of money. They like to make big bets and they like to make big money, big returns. And why is that? Well, because they know that seven investments out of 100 that they make are going to end up being characterized by them as a winner. 93. Think about that. 93% of the venture capital backed will not be considered a winner. Doesn't mean the other 93 completely failed and fell off the face of the earth. It's not true. Uh, 10% uh, actually did okay. Okay, they, they survived. They are existing. They make money or they make some money, but nothing awesome. 7% get to awesome. Now, if you're not venture capital backed, this is where uh, my bone shook a little bit. When you're not venture capital backed, You could back that up a hundred times, seven tenths of 1% of non VC backed companies make it to a big exit. So, okay, that sounds like long, long, long odds. So you want to get to the point where you have venture capital. Now I'll flip back to private investments and then I want to open it up for comments or questions, but private investments, super risky, right? And that's what VCs ultimately are doing. It's private investments. Those are not publicly traded companies. And they're risky. But what you learn when you're investing is that if something has a bigger upside, it always has a bigger potential downside. If it has a very small upside like bonds or money in the bank, uh, it also has a tiny downside. Okay, tiny upside, tiny downside, big upside, big big downside, huge upside huge potential downside you could lose it all okay but private investments are awesome because it allows you to make bets on other entrepreneurs and what happens is that you move along in whatever company you're creating you're going to gain experience you're going to gain that that specialized knowledge and when you know that business cold and you see somebody else come into your space with a phenomenal idea wouldn't you love to put you know, 10,000 or 50,000 or a hundred thousand or more onto that business. It's awesome. And when they hit, wow, it's actually better than when your own company hits. Why? Because you bet on, when you bet on yourself, that's pretty cool. But when you believed in somebody else, where somebody oftentimes didn't believe in them, And then they were able to have the opportunity to prove that they absolutely positively could do it. That's a pretty magical feeling. So the bottom line is if you got money, if you got cash, liquidity, all options are on the table. Without cash, you can only grow organically, as I said. So, so, you know, it's okay. You could get growth, but it's typically slower growth. Uh, If you run low on your cash, it could cripple a business or ultimately kill it. So how do you find cash? How do you grow cash? Like I said, I'm happy to show you how if you jump into the 10 a.m. class this morning, 10 a.m. PST goes to noon. Uh, I'll address as many questions as I can and whatever I can't address, happy to address them offline as well, either on the Facebook community group, on Instagram or somewhere else. DM me the word coach or coaching to learn more and with that i want to open it up for questions i want to see if anybody has any questions if hey, they David, have any this comments is paul. on this
2: wealth wednesday david this is paul and i'm signed up for the 10 o'clock class i will see you then but i did have a question please nice to meet you paul okay uh great to meet you i, I really appreciate your wisdom you know <clears throat> I've shared that, uh, you know, we take $100 of wood and leather, and our product retails, uh, which is like bar stools, kitchen stools, custom, of course, for $2,100 each. Wow. And um, I think that's obscene. You know, $6,000. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm looking at our dumpster, uh, 14-yard largest dumpster, full to the top. With scrap wood, so I have kind of a crazy idea. Really, all I'm doing right now is uh, looking for one person that would like to uh, buy a pair of bar stools for almost free. And how do we do that? We pull the lumber out of the dumpster, we glue it up, and um, around bar stool footrail wholesale, I buy a hundred at a time, cost five dollars. So I'll just double that used to cost $5, it might be $10 now. So all they pay is for the ring. Now our factory for 62 years has sat idle after the first shift. Um, To recreate our factory today would cost about $20 million, you know, including the land and building. Yes. I I love where you're going. I love it, but can you do me a favor? Can Can you
1: phrase the question? Because just out of due respect for two things, I love to stop on time, out of respect, and I wanna make sure we get a couple other questions in. How can I help you?
2: Well, And offline, yeah, I'd love the, to learn more. I'm, I'm thinking the typical way that furniture manufacturers have done business, going to high point markets, those systems are all gonna fail. I believe that um, what you or Brian Benstock has said, uh, the middlemen are disappearing. Um, just, you know, Basically, uh, my my idea is to have a group purchasing situation where you know there's a hundred or a thousand pieces pre-bought, and we um, you know, it 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 is made from scrap, so it brings the cost down. Just you know, I I think it's a crazy idea, but then again, they say. But are you well, are you ideas. saying are
1: you asking are you asking Hey, should I go out there and? and try to syndicate some type of deal or I'm going to do a collective where I'm going to get a bunch of people to put in money as a collective and, and all that money is going to go towards these scrap or reclaimed wood type of stools. And then they're going to make a profit and I'll return the profit back to them.
2: Well, no, the, um, no, this basically is, is for end users. I I guess my point is I believe that the the middlemen, um, you know, if, you, if you're trying to sell on Amazon and trying to buy from some factory in Asia, overseas, as opposed to going to local manufacturers. You know, I, I'm just saying that I believe that there's going to be a new way of doing things. And uh, uh, I don't know if it was you or Ryan Benstock that said the middlemen are disappearing. So trying to open a business where you're a middleman uh, whereas people will soon find where the sources are, and um, you know the, bi- the biggest challenge. Uh, their with that,
1: to- I mean, there's there's many challenges in all honesty, and I do I, I that is true, and I, I do um, stand by that um, that the middle person is going out, and Amazon's certainly not helping, right? I mean, um, uh, look at a company as big as Toys R Us, right? Uh, somewhere running around the world is, is a, a homeless giraffe with a suitcase, walking around with a suitcase full of uh, old toys. But they thought it'd be a great idea to put their toys onto Amazon uh, to get the word out there. And, and it was a great idea for Amazon. And, and now they're gone. Once, once you give your inventory, you, know, you don't have any IP, Toys R Us, anything protectable. And so Amazon ate their lunch and squashed them like a bug and they're gone um and so anytime you're you're in you're in that middleman position there's a number of challenges number one supply chain right is one of them uh you're you're uh at the mercy of the supply chain whatever it might be two prices you don't control prices right so you might have built an entire business model based on a specific margin you may have made an investment capital investment in a building in an office based on margins all of a sudden you know something happens covid happens right? A pandemic shuts down the factory. Uh, silicon chips become in short supply. You can't get them. A steel becomes tough, impossible to get. If you're a builder, you know the steel is tougher to come by right now. So all of a sudden, you're you're at the mercy. So when it comes to pricing, when it comes to margin, and you don't have any protectable IP, it simply means that if if, if somebody goes out there and they have a big bucket of money, they could go out and do the same thing you do. And if they do it better, faster, simpler, bigger marketing budget, you're at risk. So yeah, I do agree with that. would love to talk to you more offline and thank you so much for uh, for joining in today. Um, does anybody else have a question, a comment? Anybody? You guys usually always have comments. We have some hands uh, up in the air. Let's do that. Hey
2: David, hi. I appreciate your response, and I guess the bottom line was if if you thought it would be a good idea to maybe reduce prices 90% by cutting out the middleman, you know, $200 instead of a $2,000 bar stool. just yes or no, you think that would be a great idea? On the surface, I'd say yes, but I'd want to know more. My inclination
1: would be yes. Yes. All right, well, Um, the
2: scrap material's free. The second shift is basically paid for. I like
1: the margins. Okay. Oh, All right. Does anybody have any questions? Uh, we're at just about the bottom of the hour, but. Thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, Saturday, six to noon and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping
2: up with breakfast with champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.